Strange Happenings by Susan Willis. Was the cottage's previous owner still flitting about? I remember the first day I came to view the 1920s cottage. It was at the end of a quiet, tree-lined street, although at the time the autumn leaves were falling. But that was long before the three strange happenings occurred. The cottage was in a good residential area, not far from the local hospital, with great transport links to the northeast of London. It had been pouring with rain when I'd pulled up outside and remembered the real estate agent's words that the cottage did need a little updating. It looked small, but stepping through the hall, I decided it was like a TARDIS because it was much bigger inside. The estate agent had also told me that a 92-year-old spinster had died in the cottage in July 1999 just a few months earlier. Her nephew was selling the property. She'd been called Jane and had lived there all her life with her parents. I thought it was strange to live in one house forever because people were much more transient nowadays. By the age of 40, I'd already lived in three different flats. The lounge door opened onto a small square kitchen and a huge walk-in pantry. I clapped my hands with joy. I had only seen these in magazines and stroked the wood shelving lovingly. Walking up the staircase, I was filled with happiness when I found myself standing on a huge L-shaped landing. The whole area was encased with rosewood spindles and polished banisters, and I knew this was the wow factor. A feeling of peace and tranquility settled over me as I rested against the banister. I had just come out of a long breakup with my partner and I was at the stage where I thought, had all those tears and heartache been worth it? My answer was simply no, and I knew that he would have hated the old cottage. I turned into the first bedroom. An old brass headboard was propped against a wall, and I wondered, was that where Jane died? I shivered, but strangely it didn't feel eerie. The cottage felt calm. I learnt more about Jane during the week I moved into the cottage. I found out from neighbours how the walk-in pantry had held all kinds of natural herbal remedies, potions and tonics, and how Jane had boiled these in a big old jam pan which still sat on a shelf in the pantry. I didn't have the heart to throw it away. I'd talked to the man who lived next door. He said, well I snagged my arm on a rose bush and it wouldn't heal, but Jane rubbed some ointment onto the gash and although I didn't know what it was, it certainly did the trick and healed up in two days. I smiled, imagining Jane in her kitchen, or should I say my kitchen now. I settled in quickly and concentrated on urgent jobs. I slept well in Jane's, or should I say my bedroom. It was quiet and I felt perfectly safe. However, the landing proved to be a hot spot where a couple of events happened. The electrician who came to rewire the cottage had what he called an eerie experience. He licked his lips nervously, then ran a hand through his grey hair. I felt as though someone was behind me when I crawled into the small trapdoor and pulled a new reel of cable behind me, he said. At first I thought it was you, but when I looked over my shoulder and you weren't there, I didn't know what to think. I felt as though something, or someone, was hovering over my shoulder. I tried to make a joke, but he didn't laugh, and I swallowed hard. He was serious. Needless to say, he finished the rewiring in record time. Two days later, a burly plasterer arrived and began to renew the landing walls. When I brought a mug of tea up to him, he asked, 
Did you come up a few minutes ago? I shook my head. Uh, no. The big man shook his head and rubbed his wide jaw. Well, someone was definitely up here behind me when I was kneeling by the trap door. I gulped again. Well, I suppose because the house is over 80 years old, there's bound to be creaks and groans from the old floorboards. He too finished up quickly, gathered his tools and made a hasty retreat. The next week I was sound asleep when music drifted into my dream. I opened one eye. I knew that song. I woke myself up a little more and switched on the bedside light. I listened harder and suddenly it clicked. It was the lullaby playing from my jewellery box. I stared over at the box on the other side of the bedroom. It was in the shape of a small set of drawers where you had to pull out the bottom drawer to play the lullaby. It was a special memento because my father had bought it for me before he passed. I shook my head in confusion. If I hadn't been out of bed, then who had pulled out the drawer? I couldn't understand but got up and pushed the drawer back in. Silence filled the bedroom once more and I slid back under the quilt. I wasn't frightened at all. In fact, I decided it was nice not to feel alone in the cottage. I like to think Jane loved the cottage so much she didn't want to leave, and maybe she liked my jewellery box too. Smiling, I drifted back to sleep. Perhaps being a spinster, Jane didn't like men in the cottage, and that's why she'd showed herself and spooked them. I figured she was more comfortable with me, a single lady living alone like herself, and it was Jane's way of protecting me. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au. Brought to you by Readers Digest Australia. Narration by Zoe Mernier. Sound production by Ricky Price.